RadioInfluence.com. Well, welcome to a new episode of the You're Not Wrong podcast, a podcast where Gen X and a millennial talk about culture back then, culture right now, and mostly agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. My name's Elizabeth. I'm the millennial. I'm Nicole, and I'm a Gen Xer. I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I am. <laughs> Woo! When am I going to stop singing that? I don't know where that came from. Anyway. <laughs> why are you staring at me <laughs> i know it's i know it's bad radio really awkward but i was quietly quitting are you i was me? quietly quitting the show <laughs> i see but i realized you i wasn't gonna come through con- on an audio medium yeah you for, you know anyway you like me, forget. um <laughs> yeah you know nicole um what i have to ask you a random question mm-hmm. i people have now made fun of me for continuously Why? saying that I cannot ask you how you're doing. Oh, that, and, that they may, and then they also say that I'm being mean because I don't let you ask me how I'm doing. I really don't give a shit. Good, because I just, don't We either. just need That's to open the we show. Are. We just need to open yeah, this damn show. Yeah, and it's a show. more quality conversation. Sure. You've learned some things about me you didn't know. You used to like when I came with stories about my weekend. I do or... like that. You stopped doing it. Well, because now I have to ask you some random ass small talk questions. Oh. You know what I'm That's saying? Small like talk. If, if I go, how are questions. you? And then you go, how are you? And then I'm like, oh, I did this and that well, and that. We still this. talk about that, Elizabeth. You we still... don't really. What did I do this weekend? Uh, I know what you did. You tried to go see Shaq <laughs> at the pool party and he canceled. I know. It was really sad, actually. <laughs> I actually kind of was like, I need, I want to go to that. Honestly, well, they <laughs> refunded us, so Good. it worked out. And he's coming back in October, but. Elizabeth was going to a pool party, guys, where Shaq was going to be. And she was, Diesel. she was, she was making me laugh because she kept saying Shaq Diesel. And no, I didn't. You Sha- were Shaq slash Diesel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's DJ Diesel. I know, but we don't <laughs> refer to him as that. He's just Shaq. Well, I just feel like if I don't, you know, if he's got a persona, you I should respect use it. it oh, right? so like millennial. Like he has a state. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this, if Diesel is his preferred pronoun. I call him Shaq. His mama named him Shaq. I'm going to call him Shaq. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he canceled. But that would have been a whole vibe. That was, that, was, that was giving so me excited. real 90s vibes. Because I have to tell you, I was I uh, was telling my son the other day, we we're talking about basketball players that rap. And I was telling him Shaq actually is the only basketball player who I would listen to his music. He had a moment in I've the heard 90s. He, he went hard. He I went hard. Yeah. yeah, Shaq was down with, with the group called the Fushnickens. You don't know anything about Mm-mm. this. This is deep 90s lore. <laughs> and um, he but he had he had some good songs. Like some of them will come on and we'll let it ride because he was decent. So he's so, the only one that I can recall. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I think Shaq's the only one that really did it well. Why do I feel like Wilt Chamberlain had a song? What is that a thing? Did that oh not happen? God, okay, no. I don't know. Maybe I'm just Girl, uh, maybe Wilt I was Chamberlain. In, I don't know. He maybe was like real old. Yeah, I don't know. I don't he know. Had a, he, I think he slept with like a thousand women. That, that was Wilt maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I just assumed he was a rapper because he slept with so many women. He was women. like he's he's like <laughs> super old. Anyway, um, never mind. <laughs> My friend has seen DJ Diesel before. Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. He's yes. from Orlando. Well, he lived in Orlando for a long time. I think he's out he's of Miami. Orlando. I think yeah. he's living in Miami yeah, right now. He lives now. in Miami. Now. But um, he said that he actually also is very like hype is as he? a DJ. Like he'll get, he'll jump into the crowd oh, and like I love it and crush them. Yeah. 
I did hear you bench press someone. I can believe that. And I thought. That's the type of time you're on. Honestly? You like that, huh? What the fuck? Uh, what? You like that vibe. What kind of story <laughs> would I leave with if I was like, yeah, I went to a random pool party at mm-hmm. a hotel mm-hmm. and got bench pressed by That's Shaquille that. O'Neal? That's the thing that 20-something dreams are made of. Exactly. Like, who can say that? <laughs> I mean, at least like one other person, but <laughs> really small population. Yeah, but that that would that sounded like a fun party. Uh, it was fun. It was fun, even though he didn't show up. But anyway, okay. um, so here's my question for you. What? All that aside. Mm-hmm. How many jobs do you think you've quit? None, because I'm a Gen Xer. You've never quit. So you've been at your current employer since the dawn of time. I don't like saying quitting because I resigned. Okay. It's different. Quitting is when you're like, I'm out of here. Okay. Which I think I've only done once. You just left that day. Yeah. I I did that once. I mean, I will do that. I will just get up and walk out of a place. Yeah, I have done that. I'm good for that. But not a job. Not like a career yeah, I've never quit a professional job, but I think I did quit um, Barnes and Nobles. I quit the the supermarket that way. Oh, you did? <laughs> well, so at the supermarket. Okay, so there's this um, there's this rule. Mm. It's actually I think it's a law in Florida okay. that says if someone no call no shows three times in a row, yeah. you can just fire them. Yeah, like aud- without reason. Everywhere. Yeah. So I figured. I just won't call, won't show, mm. and then I'll be fired, and then we can all move on with our okay. lives. But I underestimated, and this isn't a bit of a humble brag, how good I was oh, at us being a cashier. <laughs> because, like, a week went by, and I thought, well... Or how unorganized your employer was to not even notice that you hadn't called in Well, they Well, they called me, like really concerned oh they were like are you okay this is very uncharacteristic of you yeah and i was like oh yeah i'm in tallahassee they were like what i was like 17 at the time okay so i mean yeah i was just like uh, i was in a fucking attitude like i don't give a shit i don't care um and so yeah that was like the worst of that they were like you should let us know if you're going to quit i was like okay i'm quitting (laughs) wow that's a 17-year-old for That's you. a 17-year-old. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would not do that now. But mm. 17-year-old me was like, you know. I don't care. I'm out. It's, not a, going. it's a supermarket. Yeah. Things were going down anyway. Yeah. I needed to get out of there. No, I stopped. I just, yeah, I just didn't show back up to Barnes & Nobles. And I think they just got the idea. See, that's way more reasonable. Don't call me concerned. Yeah, no. I mean, they. I don't even know if they called me. I think yeah. I just got my last check and that was it. That's more than fine. Because I got actually a real job. Yeah, so I you think just I got my. Going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, deuces. I'm working at the newspaper now. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. So, the reason I asked, have you heard of quiet quitting? I've heard it. I've heard it here and there. It's okay. a thing. It's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. I, I kind of don't like it, but anyway, is that you've wh- heard of it? I've heard of it. I'm but familiar. do you know what it is? Not really. But you don't like it. Yeah. I I got the gist. It's something that young people do. That's totally bad character. So yeah. I feel <laughs> like if you don't know what it is, I know it's not. You that can't deep. have a a personal statement okay, about well, why it don't you educate me? all right you know what let's head into a millennial moment <laughs> sounds good <laughs> yeah see like i re- i reserve judgment until i know what it is i'm i'm, you see what I'm, I'm saying 
uh, experienced enough to be able to get the gist of things so, okay, pretty okay, quick okay. and make a judgment. So what do you think quiet quitting is? It's basically um, phoning it in. It's basically just like falling back, not really giving your all at work because A, either you work in a toxic environment or you're just, you know, pretty lazy or passive aggressive and you just are pissed off at your employer because of some reason and you decide to like dial it back until you find another job. I take credit for half of that statement because I feel like I've tried to educate you on quiet quitting before. Okay. And I I could hear part of it coming through. And then the other part was like, you know, millennial slander. True. (laughs) (laughs) So although it's a trending term right now, quiet quitting was actually uh, coined in 2009 by an economist uh, at Texas A&M who was reviewing kind of the diminishing ambitions in Venezuela. Okay. Because as I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are aware, uh, Venezuela is, you know, like a socialist communist, communist yeah. country. Yeah. Um, and so essentially looking at the diminishing motivations of people in their own work, which right. is fascinating. Yeah. When, when you think they about, realize there's no way to really move ahead. So what's the point? And that's, a, I mean, that's an argument that people have been making about those types of governments for like a very long time. Yeah. It makes so, sense. Does it? I think so. I mean, if you're in a true communist socialist economy, uh, a society, what's the point of going hard? Right. I mean, unless you're of a certain class and, you know, unless you're there, unless there is room for you because of what you're born into. I agree with you, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that everyone else would. That's why I pushed it. But anyway, that said, it's most recently become trending after a TikTok. So it was Mark Bolger. From Texas A&M mm-hmm. who coined it. But then recently, kind of like in August, mm-hmm. um, this TikToker, Zaid Khan, he's a 24-year-old engineer in New York, made this TikTok that went viral. And he's on the subway and he's just kind of talk. There's like, you know, classical music playing. Uh-huh. I think I might have sent this TikTok to you at one I point. I it. And um, he explains this term that he's learned recently called quiet quitting. And the way he says it is... I recently learned about this term called quiet quitting, where you're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. You're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be our life. Mm. Okay. And then I thought that actually the Washington Post had the best, like most succinct definition for it, which it isn't about getting off the company payroll. Like that's normal quitting. It's like you leave the company. These, uh, (laughs) The idea is to stay on payroll, but focus your time on things you do outside of the office. I mean, that's just like a basic step in life to me. So after a certain point, but not, 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 not until a certain point. Okay. Why? (laughs) Why? Why what? Why is it okay for, let's say, like a 45-year-old to quiet quit? <clears throat> because... Because they have a child? Yeah, that's why. No, that's <laughs> not why. That's absolutely not why. Gotcha. Because um, if you are... If we are talking about quiet quitting in the way you have defined this, this, this last this is what, one... This is what we're talking about. Right. When you're saying, I'm going to focus more on things outside of my work, then I would assume, you know you've gotten to a point in your career where you have amassed knowledge, you have moved along 
financially in terms of how much you earn and you're not as ambitious about moving to the next spot. So therefore, you've landed somewhere that you're okay with. And even if it doesn't check all of the boxes, it checks enough where you can do your work and also focus on outside, like what you have going on outside of work. I don't feel as though people have really done that until they're further along in their career, which with which with that comes age. Well, it's interesting that you say that, right? Where mm-hmm. it's this dropping off point in kind of ambition, right? Um, because there's other things that become more important. Sure. But when you look at why quiet, people are quiet quitting, mm-hmm. I think like that's what starts to really create this picture. Okay. That's more rich, okay. right? So... During the great great resignation, mm-hmm. which we're kind of still in. I was going to say, I thought it was, well, that's the other thing. How, well, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead. Because when I was, when I'm thinking about this topic, I'm like, okay, y'all resigned from everywhere, right? And now you're at another job. Uh-huh. And now you're going to quiet quit that one and then go to another place. And then what's going to happen Well, quiet there? quitting doesn't mean you go somewhere. A lot of quiet quitters end up. Stay where they're, they are. They might not be leaving their place. They might be looking, Oof. but they're not necessarily in a hurry kind of situation, okay. right? right? So, um, right. so great resignation. There is that about the great resignation that people are saying, um, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's talk about let's be. talk about why people quiet quit let's first before we get okay. into that because okay. I have a lot of very strong feelings. About All right. This. Um, so during the Great Resignations, employees started thinking about their careers. So, I mean, I think everyone knows this, but basically we had the pandemic. Yeah. And then in the middle of the pandemic, everyone's like, what am I doing with my life? Right. Existential crisis ensues. Uh-huh. And then everyone's like, fuck this job. I, I need to leave. It. I'm out. So then they start resigning. Right. And a lot of that had to do with their careers, their salaries, and how they were treated at work. So according to Pew Research... A lack of advancement opportunities, low pay, and feeling disrespected were the top reasons that people were quitting during the beginning of the Great Resignation. Right. So while this led to a lot of, quote unquote, loud quitting, yeah. which is just regular ass which quitting. Which I'm fine with. <laughs> this is actually quitting your job. Yeah. Um, it also, those same things also led to quiet quitting. So NPR had a really interesting like 11 minute segment on this if anyone's interested um, where they actually do news. But the basic takeaway was employees have had enough. Okay. So corporations have been pulling tricks for a long time where they promise a promotion or a raise and they kind of keep it like a carrot on a string. Yeah. So that employees stay thinking, well, okay, I've been here this long, but if I just, if I just... It's like a, almost like a relationship. It's an abusive relationship to me. In my, I mean, you guys know at this point, I've talked about how I see jobs and like <laughs> lovers as the same. Like, right? Basically. Like, essentially. I'm a businesswoman, okay? We see. Um, but yeah, it's just like this idea that, well, it was good at the beginning. If I just stay, it'll get better. It'll get better. Bitch, it never gets better. And does it ever get, like, it doesn't get better. When yeah. you're that low. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, yeah. it's not getting better. Yeah. You know, like everything has ups and downs or like moments where you're like, oh my God, Gross. this is stressful. Yeah. This sucks. Like, mm-hmm. but I'll get through Gotta it. Get and through then you're, it. you're fine. Yeah. But if you're like, wow, 
<laughs> I keep getting stomped. <laughs> I, wow. Oh my God, my life sucks. Yeah. You're crying in the bathroom or on your way home from work. It's not gonna get better. Yeah. No. In my opinion. Mm-mm. In my opinion. I agree with you. So in the relationship sense. I agree. And also at work. I agree this also, too. This carrot on too. a stick thing is very true. Yeah, okay, relationships. I yeah. mean, I've been in that one where yeah. it's just like the carrot on the stick. It's moving. But I've been in that job, too, where the hmm. the promise of something, whether yeah. it's a raise or a promotion or an opportunity or what have you, kind of just keeps... The, the goalpost just keeps moving. The goalpost keeps and moving. And I, I think the real thing about that is, like, I am a really... I think at times too aware person where like I look at the time and I'm like, okay, it's been six months. Let's do it again. Okay. It's been six months. Now I've wasted a motherfucking year. I mean, I think that's accurate, but it just feels like the timeline of what people want these days is accelerated. And it's not really based on anything other than time. And I mean, Yes, you have been doing well at your job. You feel like you've been doing well. Maybe even your reviews have been good. Maybe you've even gotten some wins. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that just because all those boxes are checked, you're supposed to move ahead. And I think that that's reasonable. But then at what point, you know, and this is something that even like to be quite honest, I have really had to contend with in my own career. Yeah. Of like, okay. Especially in cases where the idea was take on this extra responsibility because you have to prove yourself having this extra responsibility before I can give you that raise or that promotion. Mm. And then I take on that extra responsibility for a year, two years, you know, not at my last employer. Right, right. And then what do I have to show for it? Like nothing changes (sighs) and it's just kind of like, well, that's just part of your duties now. And it's like, well, no, I took this on with the idea that like this was going to be making my case. I've done it. I've actually made this process better. And now here we are. And Nothing what more do I have for. to do? Like, well, that, see, you're, the problem you're so, is. The problem is what? My, my thing is the problem is. At least this is my perspective and I'll give you some more data and things that I found. But it it's that there is no. There is no. If you can do X, we can give you Y. And <laughs> and that's totally reasonable. And I think that nothing's ever going to be so clear cut. Yeah. But I think the problem becomes you've got leadership sometimes where it's not their goal to, to promote. promote or to even to even necessarily really care about each of their employees own ambitions because just for every person who wants to move forward there's another person who's content where they are exactly and doesn't have to move forward and doesn't want to right and so leave that person alone but then what ends up happening is i think you i think from my perspective in this pandemic we saw it even more is that you have people who are ambitious who are motivated who are passionate about what they're doing you give them more and more and more you never work responsibility you don't reward them in any substantial way and then you wonder why they get burnt out and frustrated because they're not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel there's Mm. no and and for to that point i understand that nothing can ever be like you know do xyz and then but that is what you're saying 
But there has to be, something has to change if you want to keep people, is what I'm saying. I mean, Because you can't just keep piling on on the young kid on your team and then be like, well, she's just ungrateful. I guess she left. Like, fuck you. That's well, not what happens. But you know what? It's like, it feels as though millennials, and I'm just, I'm oversimplifying, but, you know, people in this situation, you know, who are intensely focused on sort of the, the climb. And I'm not saying I'm completely out of that game because I'm not. I'm really not. I'm still in it. But I see it from a little bit of a different perspective. It's like, you know, the bottom line is that no one is necessarily going to reward you for doing a good job at your at your job. It, 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 I mean, that's not the way it works. It, it sh- you might think it should work that way, but it, it doesn't. And the only constant in this situation is you. So. Um, what I really think people should focus on in positions is what are you gaining? Because if you continue to play this game of like, I'm going to perform for reward, you're going to continuously be disappointed with your employer. This is what I've learned. So when I do things, when I'm, when I'm working, when I'm doing a good job at my job, when I'm trying to learn new skills, it's for me. And if I, you know, if the opportunity, if I get to the place where I feel stagnant and I feel like there's no opportunity, I have to move on. But I'm not going to villainize my employer because they didn't promote me. I think it's and that's fair, but it's it's the difference is when it's blatantly said. Well, yes, that when is different. When it is said. When someone says, when if you do I'm these giving things, you these things, I'm going to give you an so opportunity to move ahead. So that we can start ahead. to make this case yeah. for you. Yeah. And I'm going to start to to move these things in yeah, place. that's wrong. And then those things don't happen. That's wrong. That's the problem, right? But then you need to go. You don't need to quiet quit. So what, um, what, what ended up, what I'm describing, yeah. and I do want to be clear, it's not like you... Because I've seen this too, and I think like that is not going to work for you. Where it's like someone taking on extra responsibility on their own when nobody told them anything, thinking it'll (laughs) somehow get noticed, and they'll some that like okay, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. That's not going to work for you. From a movie that yes, that is not (laughs) how things work. Because what ends up happening is, in my opinion, is that you can. Take on things that make sense for you, your role, and the responsibilities that you want to have. Don't take on things that don't fall into that because all you're doing is spreading yourself thin and no one's going to, like, no one's going to notice. Especially if it's work that's not moving the needle substantially. Like, if you're just doing a new newsletter that nobody cares about. Who cares? Nobody's going to notice that in a way to actually further your career, is my opinion. Unless you're doing it because you literally want to learn the skill. But that's not what we're talking about. But I'm talking about things we're doing to be to, to get like ahead. to get ahead and yeah. then there's another point of that and I, i'll let you go back because i'm curious about these stats but you know also doing things in a vacuum like i'm gonna do this and they're gonna notice me yeah and I'm gonna, no no they're not no they're not but if so if you're gonna do something extra you better toot your own horn yes and you I, need to send the email saying i took on this responsibility six months ago and here's how it's changed things and don't care if people feel like you're self-promoting because that's what you have to do if you're going to play that role and you know a statistic that i kept seeing come up and i don't have i didn't like keep it keep it down. I just kind of put it in the back of my head because I didn't know if it would come up. But was that for certain cultural people, like people from certain cultural backgrounds, this is a bigger problem for them. Because they're used to that? Well, no, because I can say at least like, and I hate, I'm not trying to make it about like gender or race or anything, Mm -hmm. but 
Um, I do believe like culturally there are a lot of things that we take with us, right? And yeah, so I agree. Um, I can say for sure, and this is a conversation I've had with uh, a coworker of mine who's actually Irish, like immigrant Irish. Um, we were talking like I feel growing up that the idea was just work really, really, really hard. Yeah. Quietly do your job excellently, and then it will all work out. <laughs> and that is not how it fucking works. And I think that's a very Hispanic way of being thinking. quiet about it. Just being like, you know what? I'm going to do my job. I'm going to come in every day. I'm not going to start any shit. I'm yeah. going to be yeah. the person that everyone can depend on. Yeah. But then you see like your, um, you know, maybe coworkers or colleagues of different cultural backgrounds tooting their own horn yeah. over things that you're like, this is basic over that? work. Yeah. Like that's your job. Yeah. And then they do get that. They do get the things that you don't want. So I think, you know, it, it was something that kept coming up that for people of different cultures, this yeah. is harder. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that growing up, I was told to work, try to work harder than anyone. Try, right. try to work harder. Try to be the best. Try to be better. And also try to appear better, mm -hmm. try to promote yourself better, try to like do all of that because that's what's necessary. It, it, yes, you do need to do the best work, but you also need to present the best as well because you want to dispel any myths about who you might be. Yeah, I don't know if that ever. I mean, that, I don't think that was as much of a concern. So yeah. it was just like keep your head down, do your job, no, and it, house, but it's it not speak gonna up work. And speak clearly right. and and speak about how great you are. No, at this point now, I mean, I'm all for working smarter, not harder, mm. right? It, efficiency wise, like in my job, I want to do it smarter, not harder, because that helps this. Like that helps the company. It yeah. helps me. Yeah. It helps the team. It helps everybody. But also like. On the on the work that I bring on, let's work smart. What's going to have the biggest effect? What's going to have the biggest impact on me, the team, the company? Yeah, on what we're trying to do. Yeah, and Make I'm the not going to worry. Splash. Yeah, and I don't care if I if I have a chance to lead something that is a bigger splash versus like a few smaller wins. Nah, I'm going the for big, the big one because big it's one. just that's what's going to help me. Yeah. But. Um, basically this idea that I'm trying to describe of like, they promise you stuff and then they just keep you on this, you know, Ferris wheel. Hamster wheel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, has started the concept also from TikTok called quiet firing. I've heard of this too. So this is where, what do you, do you know what it is? I mean, this one is a little bit more amalgamous is that the word i don't know it, it, nebulous nebulous it's just like they're saying the employer basically makes the environment tough for you to stay they make it uncomfortable they give you more work they don't recognize you they may not give you opportunity because they are trying to get you to leave so i have a take on this actually okay. but yes so essentially based on the tiktok it's when a workplace fails to reward an employee for their contributions to an organization which essentially forces them to leave their job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, also a tactic in relationships. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Are we seeing what I'm, I'm seeing? seeing? I'm um, seeing the correlation. There was also a viral LinkedIn post from a Bonnie Dilber 
Um, and she says, it works great for companies. Eventually, you'll either feel so incompetent, isolated, and unappreciated that you'll find a new job and they never have to deal with a development plan or offer severance. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, a- according to uh, one of Gallup's uh, chief data scientists, he says managers' jobs need to be simplified to take care of the basics, goal and priority setting, ongoing conversations and accountability. He said managers need to speak to employees in a meaningful way, discussing goals, recognizing work, and getting to know the person's strengths and work-life situation and preferences. Mm. Quiet quitting, he argues, can be stopped if leaders learn to focus on the right things. Mm. And I think that's exactly wow. what How I'm saying. Uh, idealistic of him. That's fine, but I think it I think that is really what it gets down to. And as far as the quiet firing, I have known people who have been quiet fired. Whether they realized it or not. Yeah. Because, like, this is a tale as old as time. Yeah. So I'm going to say it, and someone may listen and think, she's talking about me. This is pretty much a trope. (laughs) I was going to say. This is from, like, even Office Space. If you remember the movie. Yes. I forget what his name is. I think it was Milton or something. Mm -hmm. And they, like, kept making his office. He was, like, in a closet at one point. Yeah. And they took his red stapler from him. And that him. man blew up the office. And he is was that like, what you want? The, 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 me and my friends always make this joke. It's like, uh, what is it that you say you do here? Well, they were they were like talk. They were trying to get to know all the people in the movie. And uh, they were like, what is, it say you, what is it that you say you do here? Like, they just couldn't even figure out who he was. And so they just kept demoting him. But anyway, yeah, they quiet fired him. So, and like I said, this is going to be something that. So it's that- not personal, y'all. This happens. It might be personal. Oh, oh, I don't know. Shots fired. I don't know. I think in some times it is. And here's the example I'm going to give you, which I'm going to say, like I said. No, I was saying you're not you're not calling out someone. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah this one. Yeah. This one has happened to at least six people I know. Uh, I was, work, what kind of f- workers are your friends? I was thinking about this and I was like, this has happened to over my lifespan of people I've worked with in different companies. Uh, okay. This has happened at least six times I know. I don't, don't where associate with them. a position mm-hmm. comes open. And I'm thinking of one in particular because she was an intern that we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know this, but I got the job that she applied for. Okay. And okay. I was also an intern somewhere else. Okay. So, so you were out of, off the street. I was off she the was street internal. and she was internal. Mm. And I learned later because at first she was like kind of icy to me. Yeah, and I, I was bet. like, I was okay, but I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know until later. And then I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. But in my head, I was like, why would you stay at a place yeah. that you're the intern looking for a full time gig? And they, so why, so my question, and this became a thing that I would end up noticing throughout my career, where a position on top of one, on top of someone comes open. Mm-hmm. And they don't get it. And they don't get it. Or they even go external. Yeah. And my it thing is like, lot. at that point, they have just quiet fired you. They have said. We um, don't see you moving up. I mean, they've basically. I don't want to say they've been like, they 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 pulled the Trump car. It's like, I'm the boss. I make the choice. But what I'm saying is that they've essentially told you everything that you, that they feel about you. Yes. That they don't see you. Well, moving on. That, I mean, that is, I don't know if that's entirely true. Sometimes the people that are in positions are not right for that role. And that's fair, but 
sometimes when it's so clear cut. True. That you just like this one with this girl. Like it would have made sense for her to get it the would have made just enough. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it they told made you sense. what they think of you. They've told you exactly what. Now it's time for you to leave. And what's insane is that sometimes I see like her. She stayed for two years as my intern, which is, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you're shrugging because it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it I, happens at, at a certain point. I was like, you know, I realized I found out this information and I think she warmed up to me because mm-hmm. the sting of it all kind of yeah. like wore off eventually. And we we got to know each other. She she was never going to be my friend, but it yeah. is what it is. But I just thought to myself, like, I personally could never stay somewhere where like I tried, especially something as as a simple move from yeah. like intern to entry level well, employee. What if she needed the job and couldn't find something else. Just quit. Well, she that wasn't exactly the case. Okay, that wasn't so the she case. Just, she just she, was that wasn't what was happening because yeah. we did talk about it, and yeah. I was like, "What are your plans here?" Yeah, I'm just curious. And she was like, yeah, "I don't know." And I'm like, "Okay." And she was like, "I think maybe one day." And I was like, she's, "They're not maybe promoting." She's trying it. to figure it. I was like, "They're not going to promote it you." It took her a while for it to. Sink it took in. her a while. Yeah, and I was just and I just thought to myself, like, "Damn, yo, they just quiet fired you, man." Well, what's the difference Stand between yourself? that and a person quiet quitting? Because to me, the common denominator is you. So if you're quiet quitting, I think a quiet firing is more is is that is that we're maybe you don't apply for the new job, but it's basically like we're giving you this extra work. We gave you the promise. It's been year, two years now. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing the dividends. You've already been quiet fired at that point. Right. And it's up to you because the thing is, everybody has been quiet fired. If you find yourself quiet quitting. You've already been quietly fired. That, and what's the common denominator? Which is you. Oh, I was going to say, which is whose fault? Leadership. I mean, it's their fault. It's your fault. It's not leadership. For being quietly fault. fired. It's your fault for being in a position where you have to quiet quit, which to me is ridiculous because just do your work well until you find another job. Because when you're quiet quitting, you're also putting into the universe that. It's kind of shitty to me. I just think it's a bit of a character flaw that you're saying, well, they're not doing what I want them to do. So I'm not going to do my best. I don't think it's all that. It's always that simple, though, because like sometimes you get to a point where you're like, I'm looking for a new job. It's taking a and while. You don't have the, the bandwidth to do all this shit. I do not have the emotional support <laughs> right now to deal with your shit. I think that's fine, right? I, in order for my mental health <laughs> to and me to find I this need other to not job, give a shit I about you. Dial it back yeah, a bit. Yeah. So, so you know, in the real world, that happens. But that happens on a lot of levels. That happens when you. God forbid, we're talking about become a parent. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, I know that's hard for you to understand, but <sighs> that happens. You may be back. ill. You may have some, I mean, I know you, the child, forget about that. But like, if somebody is ill, if somebody has some sort of like personal situation going on, yeah, you can't always so me, give the 100%. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. What? So like, you have a team of people, right? Yeah. And it's, it's really common for everyone to be kind of in a different stage of life. Yep. So one person could be a parent. One person could be kind of like a young up and comer. You have like one person who's maybe kind of more towards the end of their career, Mm -hmm. kind of like dialing it back. Um, (laughs) something. And I did ask a few friends about like quiet quitting. And one of my friends brought this up, which I thought, huh, 
That sounds actually very familiar to the situation I've been in, which is you get all these extra responsibilities because you're the person who can do them. Okay. Right. Because you're there, you're dependable, you work hard, you do a good job. So you get these extra responsibilities. Mm -hmm. You never get rewarded Mm -hmm. or anything for that, which, you know, like we said, can be nebulous. Yeah. But then you find out that people doing less work than you get promoted. Or just getting paid like way more than you doing the same job, but doing less of it. Whose fault is that? It's your fault. Like, y'all, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah you think somebody's going to would... be like, oh, let's have equity. Oh, yeah, you but need then, to have more. It don't I, work like that. I'm not saying that. But then, like, if you're the person who sits back and you go, all right, well, this person's getting paid like 10 grand more than me to do less. none of the work that I'm doing, basically. Right? You know what? I don't think I need to work that hard. How about I think I need to go get another job and I need to pay attention to the salaries and make sure whatever compensation I'm getting, I'm comfortable with it because I've said I want to do this. Like, I'm not going to take a job and I've done this before. And I think we've done this in, in, in private endeavors as well where we've accepted less money. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like you get to the point where you're like, I know I need a certain amount to want to show up here every day. And if and it doesn't matter what happens when I get here, if I get this amount, I'm going to be okay for a while. You may end up saying, you know what? I actually need a little bit more. But like, why are you taking a job? that you already know you're not getting paid enough for. No, but people, I don't think that's my point, is that I think this is something that people find out later. The person is getting paid more. You find out later, it's like, well, then shit, why am I doing all of this extra work? I mean, I hear where you're coming from, and I get it. I've been there. It's not something, I don't think that anyone is under the misunderstanding that somehow a business gives a shit about you. Yeah, I hope y'all don't. No, I don't think so. I mean, your team might, your Your boss might, your director, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's the, the bottom it's a business line. is a business yeah and so you know there is that i don't think anyone's sitting here like wow walt disney world never cared about like no <laughs> shit like you know what i'm saying your yeah. boss your boss might have your boss your be a good boss person. might have liked you but the, yeah the, the, the co- stakeholders want the profit right. the mouse does not care yeah and so <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think anyone's thinking that but i do think that it leads to essentially what everyone comes back to when reading this stuff is a demotivation and unengagement in work where yeah. you just think you know what fuck it I, why am i doing that like you get to a point where you just think like they said on npr i've had i've just had enough i've had enough of this i don't care i'm checking out you see it in to, like couples <laughs> on their way to divorce where they're just like you know what we're staying we're together for the in. kids yeah and then I'm, when it's done it's, it's done. i'm staying here for the paycheck and then when it is done i'm out of here that's okay too but that's quiet quitting I mean, that's what I'm talking about. But okay, that's fine. I'll 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 <laughs> okay. allow that one. But please don't be complaining. Like, please don't be <laughs> complaining about it. If this is what you're doing, just do it and shut the hell up. Come to work, do your job. I don't want to hear nothing about it because you've made the decision to stay. The other part of it is, what if you're looking? That's fine. That's great. We talked about. Can you that. complain if you're looking? 
I'll allow and a little like, bit. Fuck this job, yeah. man! I can't wait to leave. As long as you're looking, as long <laughs> okay. as your resume is up to date, you're like uh, you're like the unemployment office. You're like, where? What, what applications have you put in this week? <laughs> what three places did you put in? Okay, here's your setup. Uh, okay, and here's your allowance you, to complain. Yes, here are your three I'll sit with complaints. You at the bar. I'll let you complain three times, and then we're moving. And then on. after that, right, you're done. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And then the other thing is, it just just quickly like. It to me, it really it it gives me a vibe of people are actually not doing jobs that they enjoy. And this is a bigger issue. And again, I really feel like the constant in all of this is the person. And if you have selected a profession that you are only doing it for compensation or for promotion. And you kind of aren't interested in it and it's not serving you in some other ways. That's a problem because you're going to always face this problem. You're going to always move on to another job and the people aren't going to do what you want them to do. And you're going to feel like it's not fair. And then you're going to you're going to keep going because you're not doing something that serves you in another way. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, so when we look at who's quiet quitting. Yeah. Right. Um. It's been happening a long time. I had put in my notes, see the movie Office Space, which, oh, we, which we just talked about. Yeah. So you can't say it's... A, that's a very Gen X it movie. It is a Gen X movie. Um, this is something that's been a thing. It has. We just have a word for it now. Yeah. Um, according to new research from Gallup, again, the same guy, 50% of U.S. employees describe themselves as not engaged at work. Oh wow! That's so 50% means it's not just millennials. No, it's not. It can't that's be. a lot. That's that's half the working. That's a US. lot. They said that they do the minimum required and are psychologically detached from their jobs. Wow. Employee engagement has dropped specifically among young workers under the age of 35. That makes sense. So yeah, I mean it's it's 50% of the U.S. but specifically it's a lot younger, under 35. Under 35 and and under. people are just not engaged. They do the bare minimum and. Mm. That's unfortunate um, to me. You might have heard of this um, this concept, act your wage. Have you heard of this? Um, <laughs> when it comes to men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Um, in this, there, it's basically that idea of like, if you're making, let's say, for example, 50 grand mm-hmm. to do like a very you know, a job where you're working a lot of overtime or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, act your wage. So Dial don't, it back. Do, don't do that much. Actually, what I would say, and this is something that I've said before, this whole quiet quitting thing, because I have had friends who have been, you know, so go-getters to the extreme where they are working 60, yeah. 80 hours a week. Yeah. My thing is like, yo, that's wage theft. Because <laughs> you're, you're not getting you're, paid enough. And you're stealing from yourself. I like this theory because like for me, every hour now, again, I need to say like, obviously there are times when you have to work hard or like longer. Yeah. Like, cause it's stuff that needs to get seasons done. Seasons happen, yeah. you know, at work and all it's of time, that. It's and no time for hopefully certain you're in a place where like, maybe they take it easier on you certain right. other times, you know, you have some flexibility there. Yeah. But if you are in the habit of working like 50 to 60 plus hours every week, I would say you need to really, that's a, that is a you problem. Yeah. Like you need to look at like what is going on there because now dilute your hourly pay to 
40 and from 40 hours a week to 60 and see how much you and get see how paid much you hour. get paid an hour and you'll $15 be dollars or something like right, that exactly and it's like why and <laughs> if you're and, working that much but there's very few jobs that require that on a real sense most of the time it's a person's productivity level if we're talking about like law where you're literally having to like read hundreds of chap hundreds of pages and to understand things and writing stuff like that but i mean what job is what are you doing where you need to be there 60 hours and that can be either an issue with again leadership if there's a toxic environment environment and and that's what's expected in which case i would urge you to leave yeah loudly um, but it could also be, like you said, a, a problem with time management mm-hmm. or an issue where, you know, a prioritization issue. Or you think that by doing this optically, you're going to garner some sort of praise. And what you're doing is you're setting a really bad precedent yeah. for like what the like what people should expect from you in the future. I agree. Um, so let's see what else we've got. So uh, where do you think people are quiet quitting the most, if you had to guess? Ooh. Law enforcement. Oh, uh, state-wise, like lo- actual oh. location. Sorry, <laughs> I got distracted. Um. Oh my god. Probably places where it's just so expensive to live anyway that it does just don't even matter no more. <laughs> um. <laughs> See that that what that like uh feeling that you just like that visceral had, feeling. Yeah. I think that's the spirit of quiet. Like it just don't just, matter. I don't anymore, even care man. no more. Yeah. I mean, I understand that emotion when you're like, you know, something, whatever. It's just, it doesn't matter. I would say California. So, uh, California is actually not on the list. What? The top five were Oregon. Okay. Washington state. Ooh, depressing places. Yeah. Colorado. Massachusetts. Depressing and expensive places. And Minnesota. New York was after Minnesota and then Illinois. So, like, you got Chicago, New York, and uh, yeah. like I mean, Seattle. Those are, like, expensive Austin. places to live. I mean, some of those places are, like, I mean, Silicon Valley does extend all the way up there. I don't know. I wonder what industries people are quiet quitting in. That I do not have. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. But so how do you quiet quit? I don't know. You tell me. You're the expert. <laughs> okay. So, um, according to Forbes, there are three main ways for quiet quitting. Okay. You can either check out, What's which that mean? is so basically it goes back to that Gallup poll where people are just completely disengaged. Okay. So you just completely actively disengage. You're not like returning you calls or act your wage, and mm. you if you're paid to do if you're paid the minimum, you do the minimum. Okay. So that's right. one way people do it. Um, or you refuse to do work that's after hours or outside of your job description. Okay. So if you, you know, get projects that are not within your scope, you're like, this is not, this is part not of my job. This is not what the, I, this is not oh my, my job. God. Yeah. Which would be t- like, I'm thinking about myself Imagine like, saying that, you know, there have been a lot of times in my life where I won't say I haven't pushed back. Yeah. I think I have been like, isn't there a team to do this? <laughs> Like, why am I doing? There's a whole. T- we have pe- we we pay like a whole group of people you to do questioned this. Questioned it. Um, but yeah, I'm never gonna question. I mean, I, you know, you. I've never quit a job without having a job. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Although I've been close, and so yeah, I that wouldn't would be hard for me. And then the last one is to you know take charge. So huh. focus on being present at work, but com- like completely disengaging when you're not at work. 
I to stay mentally healthy. I think that's um, probably of all of those, that one is the one I'm yeah. more It also means with. saying more to adding responsibilities and just focusing on fewer responsibilities and doing those well. that you do well. I think but that's But not taking good- on anything. Like you do, you stop. If you get a project, you do it well, but that's it. You yeah. do not do anything more. Yeah. Which I think is fair. I think that's fair. So here are some signs that your coworkers may be quiet quitting. Mm, I'm curious. And now I'm going to like be looking at your eyes because I know you won't say it out loud because we know some of the same people. I was going to say, I'm gonna like, be, I'm, like, I, watching I feel you. like I could pinpoint <laughs> some people who might be doing this. I'll be interested in your takes after okay. this. Okay. So signs your coworkers may be quiet quitting include not attending meetings. Mm. arriving late or leaving early (laughs) reduction in productivity, less contribution to team projects, not participating in planning or meetings and a general lack of enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. I think at times I've exhibited all of these traits. (laughs) Um, I mean, you and so have everybody else, but you know what? It gets to me to be really toxic when a person does that but has no plans of leaving and yeah. i think that becomes a cancer and i'm not okay with that like that to, that to me is the harm in quiet quitting that you 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 become a cancer to the organization and it's not cool i mean i've worked with people who are like just disgruntled and not interested in any sort of innovation and it's like well why are you here what is your point other than collecting yeah. a check? It's it's into me. I'm sad for you because you are personally not even engaged. Like, why would you even want to live like that? And that's really tough because I kind of do see both sides. I have been in a position where it just got to a point where, frankly, and this is being completely honest, it felt like everything was just pointless. Okay. Like every single project, okay. every single meeting, every single thing was just absolutely pointless. Okay. Like none of this is going to change. None of this is going to matter. We've been doing the same thing year after year. And we say we want it to change. <laughs> right. But in reality, that's just not what happens. So, you know, you've got me on year five. Okay, sure. But you're not there <laughs> anymore. Well... And so that's where I see kind of both ends because for me, and this is like, this is my actual personal belief is quiet quitting should only be what you do until you can loudly quit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, unless, you know, something's going on in your life, like maybe like situationally and you're like, I need to take a step back from work Mm -hmm. in order to focus on something else Mm -hmm. and then I'll come back to it. But if you're that fed up, it's time to find a new job. Thank you. That's my point. Because- loudly as loud as you can make it that's what i'm saying and but what's unfortunate is at times it can take a long time to get there it does it's not going to be especially the longer you've been somewhere the longer it's going to take for you to get a new job so i see both ends where you know i think and i've i've actually i think told you the sentiment before where it's like when you do have i'm always curious i've never been a manager Mm -hmm. of people but i've worked on a lot of teams I've been with with a lot of teams um whether I was on them or just working with them mm-hmm. and I see you know you can see this change in people where you might have like some people are just shitty 
Yeah. Like some people are just mm -hmm. disagreeable. They're, they're, yeah, they're just disagreeable. They're there. You know, they were always kind of this way. Maybe are. they're worse, <laughs> but whatever. But then in other ways, you have people who, whether young or older, had a different attitude. And you've, you've progressively seen now a change in this person. Yeah. And to me, I've always thought like, people don't just like change on their own. Okay. You don't just get a person who's like enthusiastic really enthusiastic about the, about the job. And then, you know, you look at them again. And I've, I've met people who work at the same place for 10 years and they still like it. Yeah. They're like, that's possible. I'm so cool. And so my <laughs> thing, right. Right. And so that's why I'm like, when you see someone. Who, when a person is working in a position that they actually kind of enjoy and that all the other boxes are checked for them and it allows them to live a life. Why wouldn't they be happy? Right. No matter how long right. they're there. But then, you know, when I, I always find it interesting. And again, I have I've never been a manager, so I can't speak to that point. But like, I just wonder, like. Don't you wonder why someone might and might start really enthusiastic and then kind of towards the end spiral down into like just I, being less involved? I, I probably would, but I'm the minority. Right. The majority of people have their own shit going on in their life where they do not care or have no energy to figure out why you have a sad face at work because it might have nothing to do with work. And yeah. if you don't, if you do have a sad face at work and you don't like it here, you need to get another job. Like, yeah. And it, and that's why I'm saying like, it just takes a while. Yeah. Sometimes. If I had a person that was working for me and I noticed that they were changing, I would probably be like, is everything okay? Like, let's talk. What are the, what are the issues? But I know five other people who wouldn't do that. Right. Right. <laughs> or, and they lose no sleep over it. Yeah. Or people who like, you know, I assume it can't be work. Which you must weird. be having problems at home. It's like, is your husband beating you? Right, because you look right. really sad. And it's like, Use uh, your EAP I'm single. So. <laughs> no. I don't know, Nope, man. I guess it's just yeah, work. I think, uh, I think the common denominator in all of it is you individually taking responsibility for your happiness in every aspect of your life because no one else is going to do it for you. Personally, professionally mentally all of it it's on you i think it's having you know at some point some reasonable expectations i've said this many times i have a 70 30 rule yeah. not everything's going to be perfect some there's going to be shit involved in everything whether it's a marriage or a relationship or a friendship or a mm -hmm. job mm -hmm. and you just got to deal with it yeah or if it gets to a point where it's like 50 50 you're like well shit maybe it's time for me and then as that percentage keeps increasing you different decisions you're like well it's time for me to go yeah. like it's this is not serving me in the way that it maybe once was and that's okay um i think it is tough when you have been at a place for not too long and you're like shit like in the great resignation how we're seeing people yeah. are having they're calling it now like the great regret or something they are where they're having regret about moving places so and it's like what do you do now um because it's hard. I think it's also hard to know the kind of situation you're... I saw a TikTok where someone said, like, you need to do more research. There's a lot of things... You don't know. You can't research... And you'll never know. ...until you get there. And you'll have to figure out if you can and, deal with it right. or not. And it's not until you're there that you think, like, okay, how long can I do this? Yep. Until I'm at a point where I'm not just doing the bare minimum. I'm, like, seriously doing the bare minimum. <laughs> like... 
And nobody, and, and it's not, it's no good to, to remain like that for long because all no. you're doing is you're doing yourself a disservice. And I think like for me, I've always felt, um, <laughs> I shouldn't say I've always felt, I've been in situations working alongside other people where I thought, well, I could probably die and still do more work than that person. Wow. Like my dead yeah. body yeah. could probably, yeah. Just you know. the energy from it could <laughs> move the hands more. My soul <laughs> rising up from my dead body. Could reply to emails. <laughs> at least I could reply to the email. I could hit I can yes. at least return that phone call. <laughs> on Teams, they give you suggested words now. I you can, can at, at least hit that on my way yeah Yo, Jesus. works for me give me one second <laughs> that sounds great <laughs> thumbs up emoji you know i could at least do that whereas this person is Does alive nothing. and breathing <laughs> i'm familiar yeah and so i've always felt at least, like that's i think that's the thing too is like what uh someone's mm -hmm. bare minimum is gonna be different right oh yeah yeah. Like, and Some, for me, your bare minimum might be their height of, of performance. Bro, tell me that. And like, for me, when I feel the bare minimum coming on though, that's when I, I start to get unhappy. Yeah. Cause I don't want to do personally. I feel like we spend too much time at work to be depressed. I at agree. Work. I and, agree. And no matter how much you want to separate it from your life, it's a big part of your life. It's a huge part of, of your majority, life actually. at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> even if you work from home, you're still working more than so, you're doing pretty much anything else. Right. You got to at least be moving the mouse. Yep. You know? Yep. So I thought, um, there was a final, a final thought for this. Sure. Unless do you have any no. final thoughts? So Ariana Huffington, uh, wrote like a very long piece on LinkedIn. Oh, but really? I, I'm going to pull out some nuggets that I thought were were interesting. About quiet quitting? Yeah. Okay. She says, quiet quitting isn't just about quitting on a job. It's a step towards quitting on life. So basically she says, um, we shouldn't be defined by our work. But at the same time, if work is at least eight hours of our day, are we saying these hours we're willing to simply go through the motions with the inevitable boredom that that is bound to ensue? Work can give us meaning and purpose. It's a part of a thriving life. We should reject hustle culture and burnout, but rejecting burnout doesn't mean rejecting the possibility of finding joy in our work and loving our work. Going above and beyond doesn't mean allowing yourself to be burned out. Pushing ourselves beyond the bare, bare minimum is how we grow, evolve, and expand our possibilities. The great resignation is still going on. If you're not engaged with your job, switch. For Essentially sure. was what she said. I agree. Um, so, and, and I think that's, that's really fair. Um, I agree. And if you do the bare minimum for too long, I would say. That becomes your reality. You really risk the, you risk the, you have a very large risk that you will not be uh, able to find another job. That's what I'm saying. Because your skills will, will atrophy. Yes, they will. So you need to move as soon as you can. Right. Is what I would say. But. Quite quit until then, because fuck them jobs. Fuck them kids. I don't, fuck them I don't, jobs. Yeah, you know how she is. I don't agree. I don't agree. But hey, that's what we're here for. Hey. I disagree. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you, want, you have any, you're not wrong? I do have one. Great. So, have you heard? The queen died. <laughs> I don't know how I couldn't have heard that. Are you familiar with Queen Elizabeth Did you II? see all the TikToks that were like... The queen's dead. And then someone would be like, Beyonce? Dolly Parton? Queen Latifah? Queen Latifah? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Nikki? I saw it. I saw it. Lil' Kim? <laughs> Mary J? <laughs> I saw it. I saw Alicia? it. Alicia? <laughs> Oprah? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Um, You know what? It was so funny because the other day I, I tweeted something about, about this. So anyway, if you guys don't know, which I... I don't know how you wouldn't know. Queen Elizabeth II uh, died on September 8th. And so we have, you know, we're going through all the monarchy. What is it? Mon- Malarkey? Mon- monarch. The mon- oh, monarchy. Monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> the monarch situations are all over the news. You know, what's going to happen next? People are sad and crying. And so I had tweeted something <laughs> about, like, I really actually have no feelings about this. I don't care. Yeah. And so someone was like, I don't know if you should be tweeting that. And I'm just like, why not? I have no connection (laughs) to this. But what if Prince Harry sees it? Right. What if like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't even know half of their names. After Diana, I checked out. I don't really know (laughs) what's going on. I mean, I I wrote for Diana, but it was like (laughs) after that, I don't know what y'all over there doing. It's like bad teeth and like. Not good food. So whatever. All I'm going to say is the American Revolution was fought between 1765 and 1791. And I realize a lot of people may not know really what that was about. 1791. The American Revolution occurred between 1765 and 1791. Okay, because we became a country in 1776. Right. Well, or we, I should say we declared our independence. We declared our independence. So... We defeated the British Army um, between 1775 and 1783. That's what this is saying. Maybe there's some... 83, okay, yeah, okay. Maybe there's some, you know, some legal issues in there about, like, when it was Sure, they attacked us a few other times. Yeah, officially ended. But anyway, we, we fought a war to be separated from... I've heard about it, yeah. Did you? Are you familiar I've heard, with that I've one? heard about it, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so to me, that's pretty much the end of the story. And so there is, I assume, sort of some allegiance that America still has to the British monarchy, because literally all of the news was about this. Um, we didn't even see a address that Jason mentioned of the president that happened. <laughs> But we saw everything about Queen Elizabeth dying. And I'm just curious about, you know, are there people in America who still actually have this affinity for these Absolutely, people? there are. Um, as mentioned, I went to go see one of the kings, Shaquille O'Neal. Jack, that's right. And um, I got picked up in an Uber. Mm-hmm. And I, like, you know you're in trouble when you get in an Uber and I'm the not, news is on. I'm not going to lie. A little bit drunk. And the Uber guy goes, we're not even all in the Uber. Like the minivan door is still open. We're piling in this thing. And he says something about immediately the queen dying. And I'm like, fuck, this is going to be <laughs> an interesting Uber ride. I don't like when Uber drivers talk about stuff. I don't, just don't like news. I, yeah, just, I don't mind, but there, let's you don't not know go what, there. You don't know what's going on back so here. So then he said something about like Queen Elizabeth. And then my friend who is also into the monarch starts talking. And then I'm the drunk ass who's like, 
I thought we stopped caring about this in 1776. Isn't oh, that why we got brother. our independence? Oh, brother. And he did not like that. And I really? can't imagine. No, he did not. Was he British? What does he care? I don't know. I don't think so. He didn't sound British. But then he said something else about like um about her. And I was like, oh, oh, I said how they killed Diana. Mm-hmm. And then, which is not the thing to say. And then. Why not? He, well, I mean. There are theories. Which got a couple of my junk friends on the there conspiracy are theory there train. Are and they were like, yeah, show me the hospital there records. And I was like, oh my God, we're getting into this right now. <laughs> you like, had to defend that? No, my friends started jumping in on the timeline about when she showed up at the hospital. It was, guys, oh, okay, it was a mess. Okay, okay. And so, anyway. Yeah, he really cared, though, the Uber driver. Well, he you know, really like, cared. I know there are groups. There are some groups of people who are not British who do actually kind of have this connection to the to the royal family. Um and you'd be surprised by some of them actually. But in general, like not only did we fight the American Revolution, but Britain is a humongous colonizer who we're not going to go into all of the all of the ramifications of that colonizing because we'll be here all day. But I don't have a admiration for her. Hmm. Um because of that and the fact that I live in America. And so if you actually didn't really care that much about the fact that the queen died, you're not wrong. I respect the fact that she did what she did. She carried out her royal duties. I'm sure she had to sort of sacrifice some things in her personal life to do so. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not all that in- interested in it. She died. RIP. Let's <laughs> move on. Let's get back to, you know, actually showing stuff that happened in this country on the news as opposed to the funeral in England for like five hours. Which is one, probably how anyone in another country other than America feels all the time. Exactly. Like, can we stop they, talking about yeah, them? We do but not also, care about America, people. Let's move on. I feel, I just, <laughs> I always find it really, like I can't help but chuckle when Americans talk about how the British were colonizers. They were. I'm not yeah. I'm not negating that. There fact. were a lot of other ones too, but there were But I was going to say but like the Spanish were much much worse. I mean, the Spain worked for Britain in many atrocity type carrying out right. ways. I'm just saying like it's funny cuz like cuz it just shows like how how America's just so up their own ass with Britain anyway cuz then it's like, oh well, you know, the British and it's like yeah, and <laughs> like the Portuguese and the Italians and the Spanish and the everybody. French, like everybody. Yeah, yeah so, they all actually have yeah, a lot of. But sure, real let's crap talk about Britain involved. forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think historically this is really interesting. You know, we're we're moving. This is the first we, we've seen. We're seeing a secession. Yeah, I don't know if this is a hot take because, frankly, I've been staying away from all the news mm-hmm. about this because I don't give a shit. Um, but like, just on the face of it, I think this is going to be really interesting. For the monarchy, I think it's going to probably weaken them. And like, they're already super they're re- weak. Yeah, their relevance is just going to continue to go down, especially yeah. like you've got Charles now and yeah. nobody really cares about William Mm-mm. anymore. Mm-mm. Will and Kate are kind of over. Yeah. Harry's in California with Meghan. Yep. So, like, yep. who cares anymore? I just think it's like, it's so it's interesting from the historic standpoint. I agree. Where it's like, okay, we're watching history. She's the longest reigning monarch. We are watching That's, history. And it's always sad when someone dies. Sure. She's sometimes not, but okay. I mean, she's still a person. I know, but it's not sad when people die all the time. That's true. But she, you know, separate from the business, she was a woman who yes. had a lot of corgis. 
Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just don't like, yeah, I agree with you. I don't see, I do not understand why people give a shit about this. I don't either. I think we might just be doing something because we've always done it and we've always cared. But I also was sort of like, even with the American media, I was sort of like, haven't we moved beyond just painting painting stuff like the monarchy in such a positive light. NBC, even NPR, which is can be very liberal leaning, never said anything about any of the bad stuff that I mean, the it British... happened a long time ago. So what? I mean, it's I feel like it needs to be contextualized about like why are we celebrating this so much? It is not that much of a crystal it's clean. It's a novelty. It's, it's not novelty. that much of a crystal clean history. The same, I mean, we we sometimes can give our American history a lot more contextual analyzation. We, do. we should probably do more of it, but we have started to do some as opposed to this, where it's like, oh, she did this and that, and this was great, and that was great. And there's no mention of anything else. And it's like, and now we're supposed you're watching to mourn. the mainstream media. You got to be okay. a, out with us talking about the conspiracy. <laughs> no, I don't know. I completely agree with yeah, you. Like, it was just a very, bullshit. it was an odd spectacle. It just sort of felt like the old days when we just are like very surface and we just, you know, we have these relationships throughout the world. And so remember guys, we are actually, we are interested in the monarchy. So look, watch this. And everybody is looking at their screen. Like we actually don't care about this. But you know what? What? Camilla and the side piece to Queen Pipeline. Who the I mean, hell is that? Camilla. Camilla was the side piece. But now she's going to be like. She's already married him, I thought. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. She's going to be the queen. Yeah. Like Camilla, I mean, that's. That's kind of an interesting story. That's an interesting ladder She went from up. side piece went to main si- piece to queen. Right. You don't see that That don't day. happen at all. No. So anyway, that's my you're not wrong, people. <laughs> If you don't care that the queen died, not to be disrespectful, RIP. No, but if it's you're all, not all if, disrespect, if you're not all that interested in it, and you were sort of like, why is this like everywhere I look um, in 2022? Then you're not wrong. We should have done more when Betty White died. If, I feel like that was a bigger deal than yeah. this. If Dolly Parton dies, don't talk to me for a week. I don't um, even want to think about it. No, Oprah, like we said, Oprah, yeah. Beyonce, yeah, Queen. We if got, Queen Latifah died, I'm queen not. Latifah. I'm not showing up. <laughs> I'm not doing the show. No, well, we're in, like we're in mourning. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm wearing a veil. No. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we've got. No review for this week, but thank you so much for listening. We hope you like what you heard. If you did, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will read it out loud on the show. And you can even tell us if we are wrong, and we'll still read it. Tell Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks, guys. See you.